All right, Chris Hall here for Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and we're on the road today uh, at a, uh, a location here in South Georgia. But it's it's our, our great joy to have with us a man you all know and love, uh, you know, Dr. SEC, uh, Sean Littlehorn with us here, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about SEC football and uh, all things uh, considered. Sean, good to have you uh, joining us today. Let's Let's talk some football. I know we're, you know, we're today as we record this first day of baseball season, and that's okay. That's that's that'll distract us a little while. But let's talk some football. How about it? Hey, sounds great. And one thing we know is football is a year-round sport these days. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I uh, I was talking to a coach, and he said, you know, do you know what the uh, ABCs of college football are? And I said, well, okay, I I know. He says it's. Always be recruiting, uh, you know, recruiting, uh, yeah, always be recruiting. And uh, that's true. It's it's a never ending business. Of course, you're an expert, uh, you know, and uh, you do a great job in covering uh, the SEC. And, and uh, you know, our focus, obviously, here at Dogs on Demand is on the uh, University of Georgia. Uh, you know, from from your perspective, uh, as, as you look over the landscape of college football and what's happened in the last two years, kind of interested in. And what your perspective is, is on what the University of Georgia, the Bulldogs have accomplished over these last two years. We who are, you know, close to it, we stand amazed uh, that, uh, you know, Georgia's back-to-back national champions. What about from uh, your perspective? How, how do you view what has happened in the last two years with UGA? I mean, is there a better way to, to describe it as just being historic? I mean, it really has been historic. You think about the fact that going into next season, um, I believe the first four SEC games of the year, not in order, of course, but I believe it's going to be um, Auburn, Kentucky, uh, Vanderbilt, and there's one more in there. I can't think of right off the top of my head. But if they win those four games, that will be the longest regular uh, regular season winning streak in the history of the SEC. It will break the record by Tennessee from 1937. I mean, that's how that's how long that record has stood. And I've got to tell you that that I I am probably the most shocked about the turnaround because I was a big, I mean, I hear every time Georgia wins a big game, somebody puts me as an old takes exposed when I was really against the Kirby Smart hiring. Now, after that first year, I've been his biggest supporter. I was the one fighting saying, you, have, you know, this guy's amazing. He's a great coach. But my principles were right. Like normally a program like the University of Georgia, you don't want to hire an assistant coach. You get a proven commodity. And usually defensive coordinators don't have a history of doing real well going from a defensive coordinator straight to head coach in this league. And so I was against it. And, man, you talk about ever being wrong. The exception to the rule is Kirby Smart, the program that he has built there. And, you know, I think a lot about – we talk about the recruiting. We knew he was a great recruiter. We talk about the development of the players, the way that, you know – some of the best players he's produced have been three-star players like Jordan Davis, you know, Uh, the way that he's produced great players. But I think one of the greatest signs that Georgia is going nowhere and that they're going to continue to be on top of the mountain for a long, long time to come is that high level offensive coordinators are coming to Georgia to be analysts. I mean, you talk about Texas A&M and Clemson who were two teams that were expected to do great things the last few years and their coordinators are like, hey, we're going to go there and be an assistant. It's about the culture that Kirby Smart has built. And I don't know how he does it, but he has them convinced every time that the world is still against them. Yeah. <laughs> He's got them convinced. <laughs> Nobody believes in them. He's yeah. going to tell them this year. They say, you got no culture. You got this. You got that. And they're going to come out as the underdogs again. Just amazing what they've done. And really, 
when you think about Kirby Smart's age, yeah, what he's accomplished. Somebody, I don't remember who tweeted. I wish I could give him credit, but he's already won more national championships than Steve Spurrier. Let that just wow. think in for a moment what he's been able to do in such a young time. But he's doing it the right way. He's doing it consistently, and Georgia is going to be on top of this mountain for a while. Yeah, and you know, my my wife, she is not in as college football as much as I am, but she loves Georgia. And my wife will ask me on on uh, different occasions during the season. She'll see Kirby on the sideline. Of course, he's into it, and he's you know yanking off the the uh, headphone, and he's getting into the coaches, and he's fussing at the referees. And and she will ask me, does he ever take a break? Does he? She, she's generally concerned that he's going to burn out right there on the uh, football field. You know, she says, I, I hope he, I hope he has a ho- a hobby. I I hope he takes a break. And, you know, sometimes when you see the intensity that, that Kirby brings, and it's just not unique to him, it's other college football coaches as well, it, it, it really is something, but it's almost like it's his personality. It's, it's built into him. Uh, the, the, the drive for excellence, the, the drive to win, it, it, it really is, it, it is an amazing thing to see. And you kind of wonder, okay, two national championships, can he win a third in a row? And where do we go from here? It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And a lot of people, you know, they get, and Nick Saban deserves a lot of credit for the progression of Kirby Smart, but who he is, is a reflection of more of his parents, I think, than it is Nick yeah. Saban. He was raised with that mentality. I'll go to University of Georgia as a walk-on and look what I'm going to do. I'll, yeah. I'll go as a, I'll go as a, a, an assistant coach and work my way up, and then everybody tell me it's Saban's defense, Saban's defense. I'm just going to keep grinding, keep pushing, keep motivating, and keep winning. And I mean, that's the reality. It is who he is as a person. You couldn't have, it's in his DNA and you couldn't have said that any better. Yeah. And, and uh, of course at Georgia, we love the ride. And, uh, you know, as a Georgia fan, we, we love the ride, you know, and the last two years to, to a large extent for the university of Georgia has been the Stetson Bennett story. Now, you know, those of us who follow UGA on a regular basis, uh, you know, I was one of those who were had great doubts about Stetson Bennett. I mean, really, you know, and he steps in and he delivers. Obviously, he's the mailman. He delivers that first national championship. And then you begin to get on the bandwagon. But even when the beginning of last season, there were those who were questioning, can Stetson do it again? You know, and we are all convinced there's coming a Disney movie, you know, the Stetson Bennett Disney movie, you know. <laughs> Kind of put in perspective from your perspective, the Stetson Bennett story and the buzz around the NFL now is, hey, that story may not be over yet. Uh, What do you think about the Stetson Bennett saga? Well, he's got a little bit of Kirby in him, doesn't he? I mean, he's he's got that same underdog, chip on his shoulder mentality. I, I think that it goes to show so many times how much preconceptions or preconceived ideas about people carry throughout their career carry throughout brands of football, right? Like if you if you looked at the University of Alabama last year and you took the brand off of it and you just looked at their record, nobody's talking college football playoffs. Right. But we have this preconceived idea about Alabama. Well, on the same way with, with Stetson Bennett, like when you go back and you look at the throws that he can make, I mean, it's 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 there's no doubt he can do them. The frustrating part is is the inconsistency that he had, right? Like it's it's super high one moment, it's low the next moment. But the thing about Stetson Bennett that makes him worthy of that Disney movie, that makes him worthy of a real shot, is that he has in his DNA 
again, something that you can't coach. It's that ability to rise to the moment, yeah. that ability to come up big in the biggest moments. And Stetson Bennett could go over 22, you know, with two minutes left in the game. And I think Kirby Smart leaves him in there as frustrated as he would get with yeah. Stetson sometimes because he knew that Stetson had that winning DNA in him that was not afraid of the moment. And that, that, that to me is going to be the biggest question mark going into next season for the University of Georgia is does the quarterback, obviously tremendously talented no matter who they go with, right. ton of talent in that thing, do they have that ability to rise bigger than the moment, to not let it you know scare them? Deer in the headlights look, you know, he never had that. And that's what made him so special. He was so big in the most crucial moments. And that's what we remember. Yeah. And, you know, I, I happened, you know, to have the privilege to be on the sideline for that Tennessee game, you know, and when Tennessee came in number one in the country, you know, and uh, favored over Georgia. And, you know, I was on the, I was on the sideline and I happened to look at Stetson. I was able to see him up close. And boy, there was a look in his eye, you know, and I didn't know at that time he had gotten all those phone calls. There there was, man, there was a killer instinct in his eyes. And I, I told my son who was on the sideline with me at the moment, I said, you know, this may be interesting. You know, everybody was picking Tennessee and it was going to be the fall of Georgia. But man, he came out and played a game. It, it, it was amazing. I, and, I, and I think back on that now, boy, that killer instinct, you know, and some people are are comparing him to a Drew Brees type quarterback. If he gets in the right system right. in the NFL, you know, the right system with the right coach uh, that that he could have a good level of success in the NFL. What do you think? Uh, is that a possibility? I, yeah, I think he definitely has the skill set. I think height is is definitely with with the way the the way the offenses they run today, height can be overrated, right? Like he's he's not super tall, he's not super super big, but a, a few things he brings that I think can make him successful at the next level is number one, the NFL is not going to be too big for him. The moment will not be too big to, for him. He will not be scared of the moment, and that's huge. Um, you know, that's 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 the biggest thing to get off the bus and be ready to to uh, to, to play. That's number one. Number two, he can make all the throws. But three, his his ability, his quick quick twitch movement in the pocket, his ability to avoid sacks, his ability to 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 uh, to to make big plays out of nothing, that's not an easy thing to to do. Or Georgia would already had a national championship since 1980, right? Like, I mean, it's not an easy thing to do. So his ability to make to to, to keep plays alive, I think the game, the NFL games, go into that a lot more. Uh, than in times past where you don't have to be just a pure pocket passer. But put him in the right system, put the right guys around him. I think that he's got a real shot to be a to be a solid NFL player. And people want to make all the excuses, all the reasonings. Just take all the, the all the the pre all the recruiting rankings off of him and just judge him on the merit of his career and you're gonna have a hard time passing over Stetson Bennett. Yeah, yeah I, I'm hey, listen, I'm I'm far beyond betting against Stetson Bennett. You know, and <laughs> so uh, that's the pass. Yeah, you know, I, before we before we look to the future, you know, in the SEC and uh, what we can anticipate for the coming year, I do want to touch on the national championship game. I mean, you know, before the game, I saw many prognosticators, so-called experts saying, hey, this is going to be a game. TCU's got a real shot. You know, they can beat Georgia. They match up well. And you heard all the litany of that. But I was talking to some guys who were, who were there 
uh, you know, for the press conferences and for the pregame things that were going on. And they kept texting me and saying, look, it, this is not going to be a contest. There, There's a marked difference between when you look at the Georgia squad, the players themselves, and, and TCU. I didn't think it would be 65 to 7, you know, or whatever it was, and the tremendous defeat. But, you know, from again, from your perspective, that national championship game, I mean, that was an annihilation. It was really amazing, wasn't it? I mean, really, wasn't it amazing? Yeah, I mean, when you went into that game, I think it was easy to get caught up in the moment. They had just beat Michigan. Michigan had just handily beat Ohio State. Georgia had been really inconsistent in that game that, you know, they got going at the end, but didn't play extremely well. On, uh, you know, both sides of the football struggled at times during that game. It's easy to go in. The notable difference for me that was like, yeah, and I think you something you're kind of alluding to, TCU was enjoying the moment. Their players are taking the pictures. They're smiling. They're busy. And and Georgia just seemed so businesslike and almost angry. Um, you know, when they got off the when they got off the bus, they were ready to play. And it goes back again, not to knock TCU. They're like, you know, they had a great season, but they don't have the culture Georgia does. In fact, I would say at this point, nobody in the country has the culture that Georgia has or anywhere. I mean, I think the gap between Georgia and Alabama is just growing. And it's growing very quickly, yeah. um, you know, as the as it goes forth. So, I was surprised at the final score. You know, I did think that Georgia would would really pull away in the second half, but yeah, it was it was shocking. It was uh, to to see it to that level. It's like on that night they could do almost no wrong. I mean, everything went their way, and it was about the mentality. It has been, it will continue to be Georgia versus Georgia. It was the two seasons ago. They had a bad quarter and a half against Alabama. You take that away. Uh, you know, it it was last year. It's it's to the point. Kirby Smart's built it. It's Georgia versus Georgia every single game. Yeah, and uh, of course, now you know the SEC. I uh, I read today one of the coaches in the Big Ten says, "Well, look, I coached at Alabama. You know, I'm now coaching in the Big Ten. I don't see a whole lot of difference between the Big Ten and the SEC." You know, and and I'm you know maybe he's supposed to say that, and and maybe to a certain extent, in some level, there's some truth about that. But here we go again. You you start off the new season. Georgia will be the preseason number one already is, but man, it's it's hard enough to do it one time, hard enough to do it two times. But here we go three times. It, it's going to be a tough row for Georgia, even though they have kind of an easy schedule. Is the thing you know as you get into the schedule. So as you as you look at just the SEC itself, not nationwide, but the SEC itself, who, who's who's the biggest threat to Georgia to to win a, another SEC championship? And uh, do you think that's possible? And who, who's going to be maybe uh, somebody that comes out of the shadows in the SEC to have a good season? Uh, what, what do you think as you look over the SEC now from this point, this perspective? What do you think about the upcoming season? Yeah, I think you know. The, the, the headline is it's Georgia versus Georgia, as, as we talked about already. But but there are some traps there. I mean, they they they, they you know, obviously Munkin is gone. Uh, Bobo is, is back in charge there. There's, again, going to be a ton of players drafted. They're going to have a new quarterback. we got to see what they hold. You know, the running back position looks extremely talented. But can, can somebody like Milton, can the guy stay healthy, right? Like yeah. we've been thinking he's going to be a breakout since his freshman year. And every year he gets nagged and he's out again for the spring this year. So there's some question marks there. I, I think the, the the biggest 
you know, potential hurdles there in the in the East, especially is of course, you know, South Carolina, when they're when their quarterback plays well, he's really good. Yeah. He's he's super inconsistent. But when he plays well, he he's good. Now that, you know, again, um you're looking at as you as you look forward, that game is, you know, it's it's in Georgia. So you you like, you know, of course they were the last SEC team east to beat right. Georgia, but it, at Georgia, but you like their chances as long as they take care of the football. Uh, the Tennessee, I mean, it's an interesting thing there because again, they got a quarterback super inconsistent, but man, he could throw the football hundred miles. They've got a kind of unique system. Um, and that game is in Knoxville. And that game scares me a little bit just because of the history, you know, that field, yeah. it's like how many Georgia players can you take out this game? I mean, that I, I remember being there, uh, being there and, and watching, you know, uh, well, I guess it's every, you know, one year, miss a year, next year, but the two games in a row where game Chubb gets hurt, you know. The uh, it was just like running back after running back, player after player. They seem to get hurt there. So there's always and 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 that stadium when they're winning, it's a pretty tough environment. I mean, it's a pretty tough environment. But again, if Georgia shows up, Georgia is the they're the prime rib of this of this league, and it's not even close anymore. I think Alabama on the other side, they're always gonna have talent. Um but again, I think that gap is is actually is growing, and I think maybe no greater example than the hires that Alabama had to make this year. Um, you know, kind of kind of getting reeled back. Everybody didn't want to come coach for Saban anymore. Everybody's not really wanting to run up and 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 to take that kind of beating when they can go to Georgia as a, as an analyst and and move their way back up the the route. So I think Alabama's always a challenge. LSU's a little bit of a challenge, but South Carolina and Tennessee are the two games because. It would be easy. Georgia has dominated that series. You're not. You're going to be up against Georgia. I mean, against Alabama. You're going to be up against LSU. Getting up against South Carolina and Tennessee this year might be a little bit more difficult. So those are the two teams I would say that really, really keep an eye on for Georgia to stumble because nobody is going to be Georgia's A game this year in the right. SEC. It's just not going to happen. Will they stumble in those type of games? History has told us that Kirby Smart has had the ability, even when they don't play well to pull out those games, you know, Missouri last year, uh, Kentucky last year, you know, some of those games where they don't necessarily play so well, Georgia pulls them out. You know, I was talking to uh, Rusty Manziel, a good friend from 247 Sports, mm -hmm. and then uh, we were talking about this, you know, what, well, who are the biggest threats for Georgia? And he mentioned Arkansas. He, you know, he, he's kind of high on Arkansas, uh, it, it, but uh, Arkansas plays so inconsistent that that, you know, we've used that word a couple of times. What do you think about Arkansas out in the SEC West? Will this be the year that they really kind of make a statement? You know, I love, I love what Sam Pittman has done there. I think people forget how bad Arkansas was right. before Sam Pittman arrived there. I mean, he has done to me. He has been the 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 best coaching job of the non Kirby Smart young coaches in the SEC over the last few years. Done an outstanding, tremendous job. I just don't think he has the depth. Um, to compete, you know, season long with Alabama, with LSU right now. He just doesn't have that depth. And it's not the easiest place to recruit that depth, too. So he recruits guys that fit his system. But as long as you got big linemen that can beat people up, as long as you got, you know, the things that he likes to do in place, you got a chance to win any football game. I don't think they can rise above that level this season, but I definitely think they could challenge, they could challenge for that second spot in the West. And 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 who knows, you know, um, the way it goes for Alabama, if, if a player here, a player there gets hurt or something of that nature. But I, I think Arkansas still 
still is about six or seven or eight players away from being able to compete with those teams for a whole season. Game, absolutely. They can beat any team in the West any night. But as far as season long, I still don't think they have the depth yet to make it happen. Of course, uh, in 2024 now, uh, the the landscape of the SEC is going to change. Oklahoma, Texas coming in. And then you're going to, you know, will we have the SEC East and the SEC West anymore? Are we just going to, you know, everybody's going to have those teams that they regularly play and then you have a rotation? Are we going to have pods? Uh, what What's your best guess on that? How is, in 2024, how is the SEC going to look? Will we have our divisions or will we have pods or will we have the round robin uh, schedule? What do you think? I, I think I think it's pods. I, I think that's the way they ultimately end up going. I'm not a fan of it. Um, I, I like the alignment the way it is. I, I do feel that sometimes we, we we're changing too much, yeah. uh, and we're taking we're taking a little bit away. Like now, the regular season, it's not going to mean as much. Like you can pencil Georgia and Alabama into the national tournament almost every year this year. Um, there are some cool parts having home games at at, at you know. Uh, in 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 Athens, for example, would be an amazing atmosphere and really cool. But I'm not a big fan of all the expansion, all of the superpower teams, all of the things that are that are going forth. But I think we do go to the pod system. Uh, I, I think that ultimately that's the way long term they're going to be able to make it work. But I'm still I'm not the biggest fan of it. But you won't believe this. They didn't ask my opinion on it. They just went ahead <laughs> and did it. Apparently the money the money was better than my opinion. So I understand why they did it. But uh, football wise, conference wise, it makes a lot of sense. As for all sports, but for football, I'm just not a big fan of it. Yeah, they didn't call me either and ask my <laughs> opinion. And, you know, it's the old adage, follow the money. Uh, of right, course, you know, right. college football now is such a big money maker, and, and rightfully so. I know, you know, I'm not critical of that, but uh, rightfully so. So now, you know, this coming season, we'll still have the four-team playoff, national playoff system. Then we're going to expand it out to the uh, other teams. Uh, how do you think that's going to work? Is that is that going to kill the bowl system? Is it going to enhance the bowl system? You know, there's so many changes in college football now, just within the last few years with the NIL and the transfer portal and all these things. As as you know, with with the expanded playoff system, do we like it? Do we not like it? What, what do you think? Yeah, I think they expanded too far. Again, I, I think a little expansion maybe was okay, um, but I think again they expanded just too far. That did. They, they seem to, you know, the, the grand, let's, let's throw them all in, let's have this big thing. You know, about five years ago, we were seeing a lot of parody in college football. Yeah. I mean, I remember living in the state of, of Tennessee. I lived outside of Nashville for over a decade till I, till I moved a few years ago. And I remember looking and watching Memphis catch up with Tennessee and like yeah. knowing that a program like Memphis could compete um, with, with the way that the system was lined up. And now we're seeing extreme imbalance that's going to get even further with this playoff system. You know, it's it's going to be very interesting. There are going to, I mean, it is going to be cool to go watch a playoff game in Athens. That is going to be yep. cool. Um, but but outside of that, we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of these scores like we saw in the national championship game, where where or, or we're gonna see teams get diluted by injuries. With you know, by by the time it gets to the championship, that maybe is not as good a game as we would have seen. So, you know. I uh, four six would have been fine for me. Um, that would have been far enough expansion. I think that uh, if you can't get in the top six, you're probably not one of the top teams in the country. And so um, I, I think that was probably a good spot to go no further than. But again, they for some reason find value of money over my opinion. So yeah. <laughs> uh, they went with an expanded system. I'm not a big fan of it either, but we'll see how it goes. 
I, I had a good friend of mine in the business. He sent me a text. He said, hey, why don't you stir the pot? Let's ha- let's have a 64-team feel like they do in basketball. I'm like, oh, no, please. Please don't drop that down. Somebody may take that seriously, you know. Yeah. Indeed. Now, beyond the SEC, you know, the Georgia two-time national champion now, we can't say that enough, uh, you know, going for the three-peat. Uh, beyond the SEC, you know, I, I guess we're going to have the usual suspects, Ohio State, you know, uh, the these other powerhouses. Uh, beyond the SEC, well, what do you think? Who's who's going to – are we going to have the usual teams or is there going to be somebody new maybe like uh, TCU? Who could have thunk TCU would yeah, have done what they yeah. did last year? What do you think as you look across the nation? Yeah, I, I think we're going to have the usual suspects most likely. I think these system, system-type coaches are going to – you know, I think USC, they got a system. If they can just uh, if they can just stay healthy, they're probably going to get in and get beat, uh, but they're going to get in. Uh, I think Ohio State, Michigan, like one of those two teams is definitely probably going to be in. I doubt both of them get in, but again, but but I think one of them probably definitely gets in again. I, I say the one team that I've got my eye on, um, and it, it's another it's another extension of the Georgia coaching staff, but out of Oregon. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that they're a team that, again, they're in the right conference. You know, they he's he's done a great job. He's going to have more of his imprint of his culture. I think going into this season, I think the defense is going to have more of his imprint into him with another year under his tutelage and, and his his coaching there with that staff. I would say, if, you know, one team that I would probably pull out and say they might they might move up and, and get in would be Oregon. I think they're they're probably the most likely outside of that again. Um, it, it's it's the most likely candidates. I mean, again, we're pretty we're down pretty much where you might as well play the SEC champion and throw the best competition against them, and that and that's your your championship. But but yeah, I I think Oregon's got the best shot from the outside getting in, and they're yeah, not they're not a PPU long shot by any stretch. Right. But, but uh, that would be the that would be the team I would I would. And you know, Dan Lanning's done a great job recruiting. Uh, yeah, and he's a good recruiter. Now he proved that at Georgia, and uh, the transfer portal has been good. Uh, to Oregon as well. You know, Josh Pate, our good friend also, uh, he's mentioned he he's high on Penn State for next year. Uh, he, he looks yeah. at that roster and and uh, the recruiting that's coming in. He he really likes Penn State. What do you think yeah. about that? Yeah, I, I'm like, again, I wish that James Franklin would come back to the SEC at some team. I think people <laughs> winning nine games in back-to-back seasons at Vanderbilt, I mean, that is, yeah. that is uh, unbelievable. I think he's a great coach. Um, you know, I, I've, of course I lived outside of Nashville, so I had a lot of chance to interact with, with, with coach Franklin and, and see what he's able to do. He's another one that kind of feels though, like I expected him already to get there. All right. Like I, I thought, you know, two or three seasons ago that he would already have Penn state there and there's just always some hiccup there, but I, I couldn't go against that argument. When I look at what they have coming back, uh, the way that he's recruited and him as a coach, um, I, I, that wouldn't be shocking at all to me. And it would be kind of cool. I would like to, like to see him, but I would love to see James Franklin back in the SEC. He was just arrogant enough to make everybody mad. <laughs> yeah. Good football coach. I, I miss, I miss the, 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 the Steve Spurrier, Les Miles, like yeah. these other guys, we got some guys that try to copycat that, you know, they're maybe they're from the North and they try to copycat that SEC coaching swagger, but but uh, he's not from here, obviously. But I, I, I like his swagger. I like what he brings. Penn State is, is got a real shot as well. That's a great call. You know, and nobody, nobody did that swagger thing better than Spurrier. You know, he, <laughs> and I, I miss him. I, you know, I tell people, you know, 
Who do you pull for? I pull for Georgia. Who do you pull against? I, well, anybody playing Notre Dame, I pull for them. And, you know, anybody that used to be, anybody that was playing against Steve Surrier, Spurrier as a Georgia fan, you know, he <laughs> aggravated us so much. I was pulling for them as well. Well, you know, we've had a great conversation. Now, is there a question that you wish I should have asked that I didn't ask? You know, is there something no, I, we, we need to talk about that we haven't talked about? The one thing I'm curious about that we haven't talked about yet going into it is just the, you know, Mike Bobo. Yeah. What does what does the what does the promotion of Mike Bobo mean? Right. And for me, I think about this situation a lot. First of all, Todd Munkin. I mean, what an ending to his career at Georgia to have the way that offense hummed at the end of the season. Yeah. The, you know, two national championships. But I also think that that position is a little bit like an old girlfriend or an old boyfriend that you only remember the good, especially when it ends <laughs> like that. Right. Like, like think back to that. Missouri game, yeah. how frustrating it, it was. Think back to that Kentucky game, how frustrating it was. Think back, you know, to that uh, 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 Kent State and and uh, yeah. uh, even Stanford, right? Like, yeah. it wasn't like this system played that way all season long. Yeah. And what I'm really interested to see is people say, well, since Bobo's left Georgia, he's not been good. Fair enough. But he's not had the kind of talent that he had at Georgia and definitely never the kind of talent he has. Some coaches are only great when they have great players. Yeah. And I think that might be what Mike Bobo is. I think he may be a great coach with great players. I think that was one of going back to Steve Spurrier, one of his his jabs at, at Nick Saban was like it's easy to win at Alabama, right? Right. Go, go to South Carolina and win and then yeah. tell me something, right? right. And I, I think that's not saying that Saban couldn't, but to say some coaches are really great as long as they're in great programs and with right. great talent. I, I think Mike Bobo is going to do a very good job there, but I think his ability to develop quarterbacks, um, I think he's learned under the Munkin system, and I think that Coach Smart has wisely put other great offensive minds around him right. that when they go into that they go into that session, they're going to be very prepared. So that's a big question, though. What will this offense look like under Mike Bobo? You know, and and from a Georgia perspective. You know, Mike Bobo has his love, people that love him and people that don't like him, you know, and, 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 you know, he hasn't like got this widespread fan club across the Georgia fan base. I think since he went to Colorado State and he's come back, I, I, I think people are more open to him, uh, you know, and in Dog Nation. Uh, but I, I, the most sentiment I hear now is, well, if Kirby thinks he's up to the job, then we're pulling for him. You know, yeah. and, and that's really, uh, you know, they may be unsure about Bobo. And, you know, he wasn't like what they wanted him to be when he was at Georgia before. But the most sentiment I hear is there's such trust now in Coach Smart that if, right. if Coach Smart thinks he's the guy, then we believe he's the guy and we're going to stick with him. That's the power of Kirby Smart. Yeah. And, and you know what the real turning point for me that went from, I don't think Kirby Smart's ready for this job. The next, after the, the second season, you realize he's ready for this job. He's building something. But really what took me from, he's going to be a really great coach, that he's going to be a GOAT type coach. Like he's going to have a resume that compares maybe to no other, but he's going to have a great resume at the end of his career, was the hiring, but then firing one year later of James Coley. Yeah. So, so I think what you find in this program is that Kirby Smart is not perfect. Right. Kirby Smart is going to make a bad hire. Kirby Smart is going to is going to make a bad decision here or there. But Kirby Smart is not too proud to say I made a mistake and I'm going to fix it. 
And I think that if it comes as a situation that Bobo's not up for the job, that Kirby Smart will go in there and will break his heart because they're friends. It will break his heart because he believes in Mike Bobo. But if he doesn't work, he'll go in there and he'll he'll tell Mike Bobo, look, we want you around the program, but we knew it, we need a new offensive coordinator. Yeah. And and I think that's the thing that gives me confidence in anything that Kirby Smart does is because in the few times he will make a mistake, he will rectify that mistake. He's not too proud to say, I mean, he told Coley, hey, one year, yeah. you're out of here. And that was a terrible hire. Uh, he was a terrible offensive coordinator. I mean, epically bad offensive coordinator. And uh, they still won a lot of games, though, right? Like they yeah. weren't they weren't yeah. terrible that year. So I think Bobo is going to I think Bobo is going to do a great job. And I think that what he's done, he has guys in his position now that love the University of Georgia. Yeah. And Kirby Smart was going to be successful anywhere he went, but he would not be as successful as he is at Georgia. Because he truly loves the University of Georgia and recruits see it, coaches see it, donors see it. He loves being the head football coach at the University of Georgia and his coordinators love being at the University of Georgia. And that's huge. Yeah, yeah. And you talk to Kirby, you know, and he'll tell you, look, I have the best staff in America, you know, from top to bottom, all of my assistant coaches, the analysts everybody associated with the program. And I think one thing he, that Coach Smart does very well is he knows how to surround himself with, with people who reflect his personality, but also he has people who are different. And, you know, he knows he needs a different kind of uh, input uh, sometimes in the program. I, I think he's a master at putting together a, a good program. And, and yeah. it helps to have the resources to be able to pay the dudes too, right? Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does. But look at, Okay, so like he learned a lot of this at the University of Alabama. That is true. There is a lot of things that he put into place when he came, but now he's doing things that the University of Alabama and Nick Saban are trying to get to do. They're trying to copycat now. They're trying to pull Georgia coaches. Here's the difference, and I think Saban's came a long way in his personality, but I think that people genuinely love playing for Kirby Smart. They genuinely love coaching under Kirby Smart. And he's built a better culture. Now, Saban had a winning culture, and he had a harsh culture, and he had a hard culture, and people came and they win, and it was hard. But he builds a culture where he gets the best, and the best want to be there. And when he gets in them, and he does, when he chews into them, they know at the end of the day he's going to put his arm around them and let them know that he loves them, but he expects more, right? And that is something I don't think we've ever seen the way he's able to do it at this, at least this level in a long time. And it's really, he took the best of what he found from Saban and he took the worst that he saw in Saban and he changed it and did it the opposite way. And that's why Georgia is the elite program in the country. Imagine saying that five years ago, Georgia is by far the elite program in all of college football. Yeah. It's going to be exciting to see, you know, what happens in the coming season. Now, you know, I, I'm I'm one of those Georgia fans. Every time I'm from the Larry Munson school of, uh, you know, looking at your opponent. Larry Munson used to think, you know, that Georgia would get beat by everybody they played. Every team they played had the best of this, that, and the other. And I, when we, you know, when Georgia plays, I'm always, oh, no, we got to play these guys. I don't want to play these guys. This is going to be terrible. But, boy, now, now he, you know, as, as Kirby says, Georgia is not the hunted. Georgia yeah. is the hunter. And, by yeah. the way, 
it doesn't hurt that when Georgia can sell it to his team that everybody was predicting we would be five and seven at the beginning of this season. Can you imagine that? And the players bought into it. You know, <laughs> they didn't just say it. Like if you had just arrived in the United States and you were, you would have been convinced. Those players were one hundred percent convinced that everybody thought they were going five and seven and were going going to win seven games if they were really good this season. Um, but I think one of the best quotes I've ever heard, and we're hearing a lot now after he made it a few months ago, probably made it before, first time I heard it, his players eat off the floor, man. I mean, oh, they yeah. really eat off the floor. And they don't just eat off the floor. Their coaches get down there and they eat off the floor as well. And that mentality, like they're going to go in this season. I can already see it. He's telling them right now. They say we're a broken culture. They're saying that 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 we're going to be, you know, Alabama's going to rise back to the top. You're a broken culture. You can't do things the right way. You're getting in tr- you're doing it. And he's just once again, yeah. I I think, you know, it's like that Michael Jordan uh series where he talked about like making up stories, but in his mind, yeah. you know, he <laughs> believes them, right? Like I think yeah. Kirby Smart tells him he starts to believe them. But man, what he the culture he built has built. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And and it's it's not going anywhere. Like they're really Every time you think you find a hole in that system, he doesn't just patch it like he reinvents the 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 hole like it was never there. I mean, it's just it's spectacular. And if you're a Georgia fan, you are in the height yeah. of the Georgia football program. Like there's never been another moment like it is now. And you don't have to you don't Kirby Smart's not leaving. Yeah. Kirby Smart's not going anywhere. As long as the boosters stand behind him, if they didn't, there'd be a riot of massive oh, yeah. massive uh massive proportion he's not going anywhere georgia's not going anywhere it's really special to watch and yeah, it's fun as we say as we say around here these are the good old days and they are <laughs> well sean Littleford is with us uh, dr sec it's all and you know i could talk football with you all day long my man yeah. thank you for yeah. taking some no. time to come on our program and talk to us and we look forward to talking to you again uh very yeah. soon uh as as you know the uh uh, spring drills are going on now. The uh, spring games will be uh, coming up, uh, and uh, and we'll go through the long, hot summer ready for uh, late August, early September. So we hope to have you back on our program soon. Okay. Oh, anytime, and hopefully we'll uh, we can we can reciprocate. You come on our show as well. Uh, it's it. fun. To, it's fun to talk Georgia football with you. Amen. All right. Thank you, man. Thank you.